podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone, this is Sonaldo from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. You're now listening to Burning Questions with my co-host Pross and I. If you'd like to check us out live, we stream every Wednesday over on YouTube. Just search for Fantasy Football Scout. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Burning Questions series by Fantasy Football Scout. In this series, Pross and I, Sonaldo, talk about the key hot topics for the week. Pross, how are you? Welcome to Game Week 8. Um, FPL is back, and then another break for the international break next week, but uh, exciting 24 hours to go about um, before the new Game Week launches. How are you doing? Well, I'm okay, and uh, like I mentioned in my preview tweet that everyone's sick of me so uh you know I've, i was on black box yesterday and you know above average before that so they have heard a lot from me today is about you you're on wildcard so yeah we're going to go through that we'll talk about my potential wildcard in nine so lots to discuss so let's get to it awesome awesome i'm excited to hear your thoughts on my wildcard and ready to get roasted so thank you guys for joining us today um first of all let's look at the fixtures from Game week 8 till game week 16. So this is by Lego Mane, the great Lego Mane. Um, for the viewers that were li- with us last season on Burning Questions, we had a lot of uh, Lego Mane fixtures. So shout out to to him. And um, uh, it's a good indication of sort of the blocks of good fixtures for certain teams. And then you can also kind of mix and match and see which combination of teams have um, sort of um, good rotation in, in terms of fixtures as well. Um, obviously, we're pretty familiar with everything going on from here on out. Uh, now your strategy has to be, do you wildcard now? Do you wildcard in game week 9? Do you wildcard in game week 13? Obviously, there's the blank in game week 12 with um, City and Arsenal, right? So big, big hole there. Um, and then blank this week uh, as well. So lots of questions, very team dependent. But anything jump out to you initially from from the fixture map? No, no, no. I just, I just wanted to have this here because we're going to refer to it a lot because we're, we're at a time where people are thinking about, you know, teams to jump on mm. that aren't the top teams, right? So you need to sort of have the right window to jump on them. And I think this is fantastic as usual by the fantastic Lego Mane. So when we'll talk about why Leicester, why West Ham and these teams and why Newcastle, this will come in very handy. So we'll use it as a supplement when we talk about the teams. Awesome. So... Moving fast, uh, very unlike us, uh, Pross. <laughs> Get right to it. <laughs> okay, so here we have uh, my wildcard team. Um, it is a little different. It is a little interesting. Um, maybe wild. Maybe I'm going crazy, but I'm pretty happy with it. And I, first of all, I want to shout out my friend um, AJ. Um, I think FPL AJ on Twitter, who you know I, I interact with a lot. And he sort of gave me the idea of doubling up on Madison and Barnes. Um, so that's where the inspiration came from. And we, you know, we talked for a couple hours about it. And that's what FPL Wildcard Week does to you, right? You just talk nonstop. Um, this is not set for sure, but uh, pretty happy with what it is. For the listeners, my wildcard team for game week eight is Pope and Goal Ward as backup. It's a 3 4 3 right now with Zuma, Trippier, Cancelo. In the midfield, I've got Andreas, Son, Madison, and Martinelli. And up top, I've got Isaac Holland and Mitrovic. On the bench right now, I have Barnes, Neko Williams, and James, who's not playing this game week. So, um, you know, there's some money on the uh, on the bench this game week, but I, I am trying to think a little bit more long-term. I am trying to realize that um, there are certain issues that are going to arise, such as Salah, such as Trent, um, such as I, I might want a triple city at some point. Um, there's Bowen on the radar. There's um, Zaha in game week 10. Um, there's a lot of things, but this draft sort of gets me flexible, and we'll talk about Sun for a while um, soon. But what are your initial thoughts on this, Pross? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So slow down, slow down. We're <laughs> gonna we're gonna dissect this properly. Okay, so I think there is a template team which has Pope, Cancelo, Trippier, Martinelli, Haaland, Mitrovic, and then we come to key decisions. So I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna ask you you're thinking on those key decisions. So the first key decision for me was Sun versus Kane versus De Bruyne, basically the second premium. And so apart from your undying love for Sun, (laughs) 
Um, obviously, you've not gone for a Kane. And some people are saying Kane is a potential captaincy option. By the way, again, for those watching, Isak will not be his captain. I think you're still intending to captain Haaland. That's just something that you, you left. Yeah, but yeah. question is, how did you think about that? What is your thought process on going for a midfielder? Is it that you can get to a Salah more easily? Why not a Kane? Uh, that can be a potential captaincy option in game week 11, 11 mm-hmm. when, when, when City play Liverpool. So talk me through that first. Yeah, yeah. actually, the, the draft I have up here, Holland is captain. So um, just uh, in case oh, anyone right, got okay. confused. Um, yes, I think Kane is totally viable. I think Kane is actually probably the much more sound decision over Sun um, in terms of Sun versus Kane um, because the, the mid-price bracket players I want to play around with is Zaha, Bowen, um, Bowen and, and Madison and, and Barnes, basically chasing halls through a group of game weeks instead of chasing halls through, you know, just one game week at a time, if you know what I mean. I also have Sun, uh, I also had K- KDB over Sun for a while, and I'm still back and forth on that. Um, I just we come specifically to Sun. Yeah. First, okay. tell me the premium. Okay. So, so why do you think a KDB or a Sun is better than Kane? Why do I think KDB is better than Son and Kane? No, uh, basically a premium midfielder is better than a premium right, attacker. Right, right. Is it uh, that it, you think Isak has potential or... Right, right. Fair. Okay, so basically I think Isak has potential. I like the Mitrovic-Isak combination up there. And I also like that I can get from Son to Salah in game week nine in one move. I, I do have like 1.4 in the bank, basically. Right, um, right. So it's like a one-week punt in some ways. But for example, if he does well, I can continue to play him. You know, good fixtures till, uh, you know, Liverpool's run in game week thirteen. So there's that option as well. Yes, Kane makes sense because you can captain in an eleven if you keep going with it. But it's just the the sort of the idea was a one week punt on Sun before I can get to Salah, just in case. If not, um, I can get to anyone I want. And another guy I'm eyeing up is uh, Sterling in game week nine because I I, I really think Chelsea is going to be very attacking. Uh, moving forward so it was kind of that flexibility KDB is the sensible play here I think still I'm the first to admit it um, but there's just this gut feeling that uh, I I think Sun starts this week so um, that's where I'm at that's fair that's fair I think I think your logic of having that premium or a semi-premium slot in midfield optionality to go Salah makes a lot of sense to me and I think if I was wildcarding I would be inclined to do that as well even though I think Isak, while he's great this week and maybe game week nine, you will sort of want to deal with that slot at some point. Yeah. But there are lots of options there. Mm-hmm. Tony's there, Solanke is there. So I think I you know, I think that makes sense to me. So now talk to me about the eight billion mid. So there's obviously an option to go Bowen. You mentioned there's some some people are looking at Saka because he has a good fixture this week. He has North North London Derby on penalties potentially. Some people are looking at uh, Madison. You've gone Barnes. So we'll come to the Leicester double up, which yep. is interesting. Why have you gone Madison and not... You don't have Zaha, right? So why why not yep. that kind of a play? They just basically wanted another body this week. Yeah, that too. But I, I just think that I want to wait on Zaha. I don't think Zaha's fixture... What are Zaha's next two fixtures? Blank and Chelsea aren't the best. I don't think Bowen's next two fixtures are the easiest either which I believe is... Well, he's Everton away this week. Yeah, yeah. And then... We'll go back to Legoman's... Um... Everton and Wolves, okay. yep. So Wolves is fine? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't see halls there, right? And I, I just like the idea of doubling up on Madison and Barnes till game week 12, I believe it is. Yep, game week 12. I'll probably move for Zaha around game week 10. And then look for a Bowen opening around 13 and Diaz as well. So it's sort of like a lot of pre-planned moves. And basically the idea for me is um, I can get to anyone I want with this structure. Um, and I'll kind of see how, how the next you know international break and next game week plays out. Hopefully I don't have to make a move in game week nine. But the, the Sun to Salah, the Sun to Sterling is there uh, in place for... Okay. I'm that. basically yeah. mentally counting mm-hmm. your planned moves, right? <laughs> so right now you've told me Sun is going to somebody, Sterling or Salah. Mm. You've told me um, Barnes or somebody can become a Bowen mm. or a Zaha. So that's two pre-planned moves. Isak, you'll have to kind of deal with him in three weeks, four weeks, if Wilson comes back and stuff like that. 
I'm not talking you out of this, by the way. I'm just yep, sort of, yep. as a, as a non wild carder, I'm sort of trying to think how are you going to address this because if there's so many things that you have to deal with or you potentially deal with, in addition to things that come up, I mean, international break could come up with things. The the you know a few game weeks now, uh, nine and ten could come up with things. So keep that in back of your mind. So for example, I've seen people bench Zaha now because they know they want him. Or players like that, who yeah. they know they will want. You've done that with James. I think I really agree with benching James because he is the standout defender from game week nine. Yep. Uh, but, you know, this team doesn't have Trent. It doesn't have Salah. It doesn't have Zaha. These are players, when we'll come to my wildcard, all three of them are in there. So I think that's something for people to think about. This is not to make you change your mind, but it's for people who are on wildcard to think through how much they want to go into this game week versus how much do they want to attack attack this game week versus how much they want to sort of save the headaches down the line. No, it's totally fair. This is a very, very aggressive play here. Um, Zuma rotates really well with Trippier. Uh, When Trippier has, I think, tough fixtures in 11, 13, and 15 or something like that, um, Zuma has good fixtures. Um, I'm not sold on Emerson. I know he started today, but, you know, he's too risky. I already have so many risks in this team. I, I just like the idea of trying to attack these Leicester fixtures um, they're still getting attacking, you know, um, un- underlying stats. I, I just think that maybe, maybe this this turns out well. It could turn out bad, but there is the ability to move around uh, the mid price pra- brackets there again, which is why K- Kane or KDB is probably the sensible ba- play. Because if I go Kane, for example, Pross, then um, I'll go Kulusevski, for example, instead of Son, and and that's and that can be sort of held and, and moved to, to Bowen or, or Zaha um, without having to think about Salah, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an aggressive play, but uh, it's just a little bit of gut feeling and, um, and, and this and that, yeah. Okay, fair enough. So I would, the, you've answered my question on Zuma as well. So I think the West Ham rotation with Trippier makes sense to me. It's not a great pick, but yeah. I get it because he has a good fixture this week or decent fixture. Everton are not the most attacking. And then you get a good run as somebody who can play. And actually, I'll come to wildcard nine. The main advantage of wildcard nine was Chelsea players. We had no clue. I mean, yesterday, Potter gave no clues on who are the players to target. Apart from James, I can't confidently punt on a single Chelsea player. So that slot would have been for Fana on other people's wildcard in game week nine. It's not anymore. So I don't mind Zuma at all. I think it's fine. I think Sufal is also a shout. Uh, Emerson could be punty. You're right, if, especially if you need him. And you mentioned that in game week 11, uh, in game week 12, when there's a blank, you, you won't get Zuma off uh, with a good fixture. But it is what it is, right? Things will change yep. by then. Uh, just just a quick note on Chelsea while we're there. Um, you know, Potter is obviously very flexible manager. He changes things around a lot. But... Look at the very first game. He started two wingbacks basically in um, Aspi and Cucurella, um, you know, in, as center backs, left center back, right center backs, and you know they're very, very attacking. And, and so it just goes to show they're going to be very attacking. And, I, and Fofana is is definitely um, bench risk. I, I don't think he's going to be a guaranteed starter every week. And if there is one nailed person, Pross from Chelsea, I think for me it has to be Sterling. Yeah. Yeah, so we let's talk Chelsea when we come to my draft, Game Week 9 draft, because Chelsea will be much more relevant in Game Week 9 and beyond. But, okay, coming back to your draft, uh, third striker, did you did you think Tony? Did you, I mean, we already talked yeah. about Kane. Did you think about Solanke or anybody else? Or do you think Isak is the guy? Yeah, yeah, week? Solanke makes sense. I'm great fixtures um, all the way till the World Cup. And um, I did think about Tony. I think Tony is a great pick, um, but... I, it's just the upside in Isaac, and also I was talking to FPLTT um, about Isaac and what happens when Wilson comes back. And you know, there's rumors about, about um, him moving to the side and and catering yeah. to Wilson. And um, but I, you know, Isaac, Isaac is also a very expensive player that they bought. And um, what he's saying is that Almiron will not get dropped because Al, um, they press so much that Almiron's a key cognate to that pressing. Um, so there is definitely the worry of of him being um, possibly rotated, but I think he just moves to the side and 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 still starts alongside Wilson. But they won't play right. too top, is according to what TT said. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it could potentially be a problem down the line, but for the moment, I think. Look, mm. if I was in wildcard, I'd have him for sure. I mean, he has hat trick potential this week. 
uh, even in game week nine. So you just sort of ride it out as long as Wilson is not ready immediately, which it doesn't sound like uh, he is. So I, I, I get it. So yep. now let's come to your boy, son. What have you got to tell us? Um, I think the, the clear questions are, he's not looking great. Yep. Um, his, his, basically, the question is, will he even start against Leicester? So yep. how can you punt on a player who may not even start this weekend and then carry the problem beyond the international break? So tell me about son. Um, I mean, uh, I have a pretty long section on him. Should, should we go ahead with it or get to the, yeah, the I mean, main? Do it now. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be too, I mean, you decide. But yeah. Uh, yeah. first, tell me, why do you even think he'll start <laughs> on the weekend? Um, I I think that as a, as a, just a fan that, you know, oh, where do I begin? Okay, so. Let me let me just go through this. And the answer can be that, guys, I don't advise you to get sun. I'm getting sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no that, that's the that's, that's the crux of the answer. Basically, I don't advise anybody <laughs> to get sun. Um, I just think he starts. I think that. I think that Conte showed signs at Inter Milan, at Juventus, at um, you know Chelsea, where one of the issues with Conte is that he. He's very slow in making changes, whether it be in-game tactics or um, sort of, um, you know, he has to have a multiple streak of losses before he'll really change things up. And this is like one of those cases right now where they had to, they just have one loss. And he's he's continuing to start to start Sun. He's continuing to start uh, Parasage. Um, I I think that uh, I think that Sun will start against. Um, Brain's working slow. Sun will start this week, and um, Sessionin will start alongside him. I, I just think that they're they're better combination together. Parasic and Sun are taking up positions together. They're both making the inside runs, and and sort of overlapping runs are are not working um, together. Um, one second. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just. While, while you're setting that up, I see in the chat somebody's asking about Paul O'Keefe's predictions for Spurs. Don't rely on that. It's a Friday early deadline. He may usually he usually tweets Friday evening if it's a Saturday game. He may or may not basically send you uh, his his predicted lineup. And I would also add that he's been wrong last couple of times. So it is at the end of the day just a prediction. Yeah. Okay. Um, the. The photos are not up, so I'll, I'll just thread this on Twitter later. But essentially, there was a very good article on, on um, The Athletic about how Sun's underlying stats are still good right now. He's just he's had a lot of chances. It's just not falling for him right now. And the, it, in the end, Perisic and Sun has to work for Spurs to sort of level up. And um, I wish I could show this. That's okay. Let's talk it yeah, out. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you. Look, there's a there's a North London derby just after the international break. So a lot of people are sort of speculating that Perisic could play on the right or Sun could get dropped. I tend to think that before a North London derby, basically, if you don't do well in this game, you go into an international break on the back of a loss in Europe and let's say a draw against Leicester, a disappointing performance. He's under pressure. And why would he not need to rest his players? I mean, they've had a long break. Tuesday they played and now they play Saturday evening. So there is not a rest element to it. It's a tactical element. So would you really want to make tactical changes a game before the North London derby? That's where the question mark is. And you'd hope that he'd basically play the same team and try to make them work better, right? Yep, yep. Um, okay, yes. Yeah, so also just, Pross, in general, Sun is a streaky player, right? And uh, in 2017-18, he failed to score in the last 10 games. This is from the, the Athletic article. In 18-19, he had a run of nine games without a goal. Same thing in 19-25, seven games without a goal. 20-21, uh, six, seven games without a goal. So it, it, the streaks are there. And I just know that what I've seen in the last couple of games, especially the Fulham game, he really could have hauled that game, right? And I, I, I just think that if he's able to finish, his XG is still the same as last season. If anything, he's getting more uh, shots in the box right now. 
his touches are down, but there's there's been signs. So I, I think that Leicester, with them, you know, being able to press up and and not be so good defensively, um, it'll open up chances for Son on the counter. But again, this is just a gut feeling uh, mostly um, than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think I think you summarized it well. Um, it's a gut feel. You want to go for it. You would advise other people to go KDB if they wanted for that slot. For people like me, uh, I'll talk about my bus team. I'm still debating Sun versus KDB and it'll come down to what I hear from Pep tomorrow because let's not forget that City have also played Wednesday night and they have an early kickoff on Saturday. So it's not like De Bruyne is rotation proof. Um, and I think, you know, there's uh, somebody in the chat, uh, Sikander, has mentioned that Sun could be dropped, not rested. So it's not about the rest at all. It could be just that Sun is essentially moved out of the team and they try out Kulusevsky and Richarlison, who's looking great. So I think Sun has his his risks. We all know the upside. He's playing Leicester. If there's any game, he scores a brace and comes back into it. It's against the team that gives you a lot of space to run in. And Sun loves that. So logically, it makes sense for Conte to play him, but there is a huge risk. So on wildcard, I would definitely caution people not to go there. On a one-week punt, like myself, if you're punting before a wildcard, you could go there because yeah. of the upside. So... That's where I'd leave it. So, on your wildcard team, let me see. Is there anything else to discuss? How will you tackle game week 11 and 12? So, right now, you have no Liverpool. Yep. Um, which is fine for 11. But then for 12, you will have no Salah, no Trent. Salah will be the most captained in 12. Yeah. So, what is your Liverpool plan? So, I, I so I guess the, the idea is to go from Son to Salah. I, I think that Salah... Um, is probably still going to tick along. And I'm afraid of not going with Trent as well. So to be missing out on both uh, doesn't make sense. And it is that captain issue, which is why I go back to Kane being probably the better option than Sun in game week 11, for example. Um, but um, Diaz is also another option. I mean, I can move to Diaz from Barnes or, or Madison at any point and forego Salah till the rest of the, the, till the World Cup as well. Yeah. Okay, Camzy's uh, in the chat. She, uh, he agrees with me completely that um, you should have Barnes uh, instead of Barnes. You should have Zaha on the bench. I agree completely because yeah. you're booking in yet another transfer. Barnes is not going to be in your team forever. Zaha will definitely be in your team in game week ten. Just bench him. Um, but I'm not going to talk you into it. But that's certainly something that as soon as I saw your team, that jumped to me. Uh, but other than that, look, it, it, it looks decent. It looks well set up. You haven't overcommitted. You don't have too many planned transfers other than Sun and potentially Barnes here. Um, will you keep Martinelli through the blank? So he, you intend to bench him? Yeah, I think I'll keep him to the rest of the season. I can't see a, a reason why I would um, get rid of him because he's just the best value player in the game right now, I think, or one of the, the best value players. So I'll bench him to, throughout the um, the blank. Okay, nice segue to my game week uh, wildcard nine team because I don't have Martinelli. Um, yep. Shall we go there? Yep, we've got uh, your team up here. All right, so my... Uh, now, this is obviously I'll have two weeks to tinker and we'll do another video where I have more crystallized thoughts on the wildcard. But the first thing to say is people who are debating between eight and nine, I think the advantage of nine is almost completely lost. The advantage of wildcard nine was you could punt on Spurs. I think given that we're debating if Sun starts, Perisic starts, that's gone. I think the advantage that uh, you could have learned something about Liverpool and Chelsea in the European games, sort of that is accounted for because we've not learned anything on Chelsea apart from James is good. Uh, on on Liverpool, maybe we've learned a little bit that they looked a lot better with Thiago back and Matip back. But still, there's nothing now new that we will know because they don't have a fixture in game week uh, eight. So... I feel like the advantage is lost. Unless there is any injury that shakes anything up, I think, you know, if you're if you're on the fence, if you should wildcard eight or nine, you should almost go there. The the reason for my thinking of wildcard nine was simply that with a with a minus four, my team looks almost like yours. Mm. So all I'm saying is for four points, I'm taking this advantage of tinkering over the international break and getting some insurance if anything goes wrong. Maybe a punt in game week nine. So for example, I could go Barnes instead of Zaha, just for a week. Mm -hmm. But that's basically it. So that was the first thing I wanted to say. So people who are on the fence who are taking minus eights just to delay their wildcard, don't do that. I don't think the, the, there is a massive opportunity anymore. So now I'll talk about my team. Right now, I have Guaita and Kepa mm -hmm. in goal. So that one is a little bit uh, interesting. 
I just think that if Kepa is starting, he's 4.4. And there is some school of thought that he's a better passer than Mendy. Mendy's been out of form, so he may get his place. And then you have Guaita as an insurance. Maybe he doesn't keep his place and then Guaita comes in because the worst fixture that Guaita has between now and the end of uh, the window, which is 16. So if you go to Legomane's chart, I just want to show you Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, basically after Chelsea, have one of the nicest runs you can imagine. And so I just thought, you know, they play Leeds, Leicester, Wolves, Everton, Southampton, West Ham and Nottingham Forest. So there is no team here which is even in the top 10 that I can see. So I feel like Guatia could work out. Their defence has been quite shocking so far this season. But last season it was pretty good. So it's almost like a fixtures play like people are doing with Bowen. So that's the thinking. He could easily become. The, I could combine the two and make him make them Pope eventually, if I if I wanted to. But at the moment, I've gone for that. Mm. James Cancelo Trippier, same as Wildcard Eight, so nothing different here. I've got Trentin. Some people are benching him, so again, there's no advantage. I've gone for Botman, but I don't know. I don't know who I want for the 4.4 million slot. It could be Justin. It could be a a West Ham defender. It could be Botman. We'll see. So that's the backline. This podcast is sponsored by Paramount Plus, where Champions League soccer is back. Nine months of heart-stopping, hold-your-breath exhilaration starts on September the 6th with the biggest stars and top teams across Europe. Watch every match from the group stage through to the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title against the likes of Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, PSG, Barcelona and more. Don't miss a single second with Paramount Plus starting from September the 6th. Um, in midfield, I've got Zaha and Madison. So the two guys who get, uh, wildcard eight people are looking to get, I've already got. So that's basically one advantage in nine that I'm not booking any transfers. This team is good to go until game week 11. Of course, things will come up, but I'm not planning any transfers here. Uh, I've got Salah in already. I feel like his game against Brighton is an opportunity. Mm. Uh, Brighton without Potter at home. Yeah, we may not captain him. We'll still captain Haaland, maybe. But I think it's worth going there. Uh, and then you have Bailey, who's looking very good. I think Bailey... People need to consider Bailey on wildcard 8 as well because now Watkins is out. This means that Villa can't play two up top. And if they don't play two up top, Bailey is pretty much the likely starter on the right. So think about Bailey a little bit. Uh, good fixture this week and decent backup. Mm. Bailey also has a fixture in game week 12, which is a good one, who can cover for a benching of a City asset. And then I have Pereira. So I don't have Martinelli in my midfield simply because I feel like I can always get him back. He's cheap enough that if I wanted to downgrade a Madison or a Zaha in due course after game week 12, I can do that. So that's a little bit of a punt. I know the risks going against Martinelli, but I think um, I think it could work. And then and then I have Mitrovic, Haaland and Solanke in, 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 in up top. So the only difference here is Isak instead of Solanke. He's a good enabler, good fixtures. He's not probably not going to be a starter, but you know, it's it's um, he's he's a good third forward. Um, so, are you, yep, go ahead. So that's that's my thinking. What 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 questions do you have? Um, obviously, the very interesting Gaeta pick over over Pope. Are you very confident in that, or is, you just um, don't value keeper? Um, you know, keeper being that that different for for the price points. It's the price point, right? I mean, mm. I, I think. I'm right now spending 4.9 on my keeper. Pope is what 5.2. So as I said, I could I could definitely see myself going there. At the moment, I've left this. I don't know what are the noises. If before the press conference, Potter is talking up Kepa, we'll probably go there. I just wanted to show that you could do more with your funds. The other thing on my mind is Pope is now only 0.2 million cheaper than Allison. Yeah. So a li- you could get a Liverpool keeper for just 0.2 more. <laughs> now I know that being a keeper also involves bonus, also involves save points. But Allison was a top 10 po- FPL point scorer last season. And, uh, you know, he could be an option. So I think the keeper slot is a little bit open, um, but there's nothing wrong with Pope at all. Yeah. Yeah. How about Bailey? Are you, are you worried about his rotation or you feel like Andreas is good cover there? Andreas is easily a starter with, mm. with Fulham's good fixtures. Solanke is easily a starter. Botman is a starter. So I'm playing one out of those four where actually I'll have benching headaches. So I don't care if Bailey doesn't become an option in the future. I could even take out money out of Bailey's spot or Botman's spot. Um, so TBD. I will see which options emerge over time. But my thinking as a Game Week 9 wildcarder is how do I sort of position myself? Because I'm not committing to transfers, mm-hmm. how can I be ready for Game Week 11, Game Week 12? So let's say nothing comes up. 
Haaland to Kane is an option because Haaland will play Liverpool. Now he could do well there. Then he has a blank. You could just be basically do a Haaland to Kane hokey cookie, and that's where I could use my transfers. I could use my transfers going Cancelo down to a Chilwell if he starts playing for Chelsea again. Those are things that I would I would be able to do because I'm not committing any transfers. So those are more luxury moves, but I can do those. So I can potentially go for a Barnes in game week nine instead of a Zaha because he plays Chelsea, yeah. whereas Barnes plays Nottingham Forest, and then move to a Zaha. So these are options which you sort of over-engineer as you overthink your wildcard, but this is where I'm, I am right now. Yep, yep. Um, okay. Should we do the game week 13 wildcard? Yep. Um, yeah, so what I wanted to say, it's not a wildcard, by the way. So the next section on in on wildcard 13 is essentially... There are certain people who don't want to wildcard now because they have a decent enough team. Mm -hmm. And unlike me, who want to dead end, they're thinking maybe I can just make a few transfers, make my team okay, and then exit out of the blank, which is the City and Arsenal blank in 12, and wildcard in game week 13. So what I've brought up here, there's a member of the FPL Twitter community called FPL Cheese. Uh, His uh, Twitter handle is at Crossy, C-R-O-S-S-Y, DJ86. And I really liked his plan. So I thought I'd share that with everyone. Everyone's team is different. So everyone's plan will be different. But I want to talk through this because there are certain scenarios where don't just follow the crowd of wildcard 8, wildcard 9. There are other very viable strategies. So what he had in his team, I'm going to read it out. He had Edison in goal, Trent, Trippier, Saliba and Cancelo. He had Luis Diaz, Martinelli, Andreas, and then Haaland, Jesus and Archer. And he had Salah, James, and De Silva on his bench. So what he's thinking now is I can either dead-end Salah, like me, Salah to De Bruyne or Son. I can go Archer to Mitrovic and I can do something very similar to me. But he's saying, why should I do that? Why not bench Salah, bench James, and sort of fix the team so that I can dead-end to game week 12? So what he's planning to do is this week, he will sell Trent, Diaz, and Archer. He'll get a second Newcastle defender. So he'll get Shar. He'll get Madison and Mitrovic. All three guys that are really good until game week 12. Then the week after, he's going to start offloading his Arsenal assets and his City assets and getting more of these players that are good till 12. So next week, he's planning Saliba to Justin. Again, Justin has good fixtures, as we've talked about with with Leicester. Game week 10, he's going to go Martinelli to Zaha. Just before Martinelli is playing Liverpool, he'll get Zaha, who has a great run. Game week 11, he's looking at Cancelo to Cucurella. Again, you're losing a City asset who's going to blank and play Liverpool. He's getting Cucurella, who has good two defensive fixtures. And then the last hurrah is game week 12, where he can do a dead-end Jesus to a Darwin Nunes. Because Jesus is blanking and Nunes is playing a good fixture against West Ham at home. Not everybody follows this path. But what I'm trying to show here is, if you go to the next one, what is the team he ends up with in game week 12? It's a team with Ward and Goal. Obviously, that's not a great start. But he's playing Leeds at home. He has got double City defense, double uh, Newcastle defense. He's got Justin, Madison, Zaha, Salah, Mitrovic, Darwin Nunes. So Mm. it's a decent team. And a lot of people will look at it and say he's going to lose points to the field between now and game week 12. But my point is he will win points against the field after game week 12. Because in 13, he'll have Haaland, he'll have Salah, he'll have maybe triple Liverpool, triple City. Because if you look at the fixture ticker, if you go to the next slide, after game week 12... Some of the teams with the best fixtures, we're back to game week one scenario. The teams with the best fixtures are Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United. Mm. So you can basically attack those premiums and get ahead of the curve while the rest of us are sort of working through the maze, through using our transfers and not sort of being ahead of the curve. So people who are considering a game week 13 wildcard, definitely do this plan. Can you offload gradually your Arsenal and City assets? Can you get some of the Crystal Palace, some of the Chelsea's, some of the Leicesters, and then sort of get through this week. Now, I have to say, if you go back to his original team, uh, Andy, I just wanted to make a couple of other points. The original team, which had Edison in goal, he got lucky, right? He got lucky because Mm -hmm. he didn't have Sanchez in goal. He doesn't have a Ramsdale who he needs to deal with because he has bad fixtures. So Edison is a nice glue goalkeeper. He had no Brighton players at all. So a lot of us were kind of doubled up. He He didn't have that. So he was in a fortunate position. And I think... The other fortunate position was he was already benching James or he was he had James already. Like people like me had sold James. So he's ready for that Chelsea player from next week anyway. So I think look at your team. 
if you can create a plan like this, there is a very viable route to go wildcard 13. But if you feel that the sacrifices you're making are too many, especially starting from game week nine, don't do it. Play your wildcard. Mm. So yep. that's that's the thinking. Um, I don't I don't have anything else to add here unless you do as well. I, I'm looking at a few questions now on your wildcard, on my wildcard. So on my wildcard, the question is, what do you think about not having Cancelo? There's a question from Simon. I think that's a great question. So in, on my mm. wildcard nine, I could consider no Cancelo because he plays Man United, Liverpool and blank in the four weeks. So it's a it's an option, and Simon, I've kept him because I wanted a slot for a Chilwell if he becomes available. So I could play Cancelo for two weeks and then make him into a Chilwell if he becomes ready. Somebody else is asking why have I gone for TA and Bailey over Bowen and four point five? <laughs> it's TA, man. I mean, if you ask this question game week one, people would have laughed, right? I mean, look, yeah. Trent, despite Liverpool's problems, is still the highest XA defender in the game. He's 7.5 million. He's going to drop to 7.4 most likely over the break or maybe even tonight or tomorrow. I mean, I think my advantage of, of wildcarding in game week nine is that I have Liverpool assets that other people are ditching right now. Whether it works out or not is 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 another question. So yep. that's, uh, that's I think, all we have. Yeah, it's on, very interesting. I, you know, we, we always say how long does a wildcard last? And, and I think there there's a sort of a medium between four or five game weeks since after you pull it. Um, so yeah. it's a good comparison to see if a wildcard now versus strategizing, depending on your team situation and wildcarding in game week 13 through 16 uh, is going to be the big difference then. Because by the time game week 13 comes around, um, you know, wildcarders like me, unless we have a firm plan, and, and especially if, if you're very aggressive like I am right now, it's going to be very difficult to navigate. But one of the things I've done, Pross, over, you know, the last two seasons is sometimes I, I don't, pre-plan too much i sort of kind of maybe just play play the next few fixtures and then go from there i I think that's sort of the style i've been playing fpl in if if i look back um but knowing you and and the thing you just said about taa and and how you like to plan way in advance and and the way you think about it um it makes sense i I think taa and salah are perfectly viable options throughout this tough fixture period as well so yeah a differential advantage Mm. Yeah, and some people are benching Trent as well. So, like, you're benching, thinking of benching Barnes or other people yeah. are benching Zaha or James. It's a viable strategy on wildcard eight as well to bench Trent or equally viable. I mean, I talked about it yesterday, so I don't want to repeat myself, but it's going against Liverpool is fine. Yeah, you know, the ownership is lower. They're not captaincy options as such. So, it's fine if you don't want to do it, but it's equally fine to punt on the second best team in the league that are less owned and play. Brighton at home in the first fixture. So I, I don't think either strategy is wrong. Yeah. In mine, I'm punting against Martinelli or potentially against Cancelo. So those are also risks. So there is no wildcard draft that is better than not. You're just changing the risk that you're taking. I'm not taking a De Bruyne risk. Uh, sorry, I am taking a De Bruyne risk, for example. Yep, fair. Um, I'm looking at a few other questions before we go to bus teams. Okay. So I'm going to ask you on your wildcard eight uh, so someone's asking, why haven't you looked at Perisic? I mean, basically, if, yeah. you're, look, if you're willing to punt on a Spurs asset, mm. you're struggling for a third defender. I actually think that as well. If you get news tomorrow that Perisic is starting, because he's going to start the North London derby. I think I'm, we're pretty sure about that. Yep. Um, if he's starting tomorrow, through any route that we find out he's starting tomorrow, would you consider him over Zuma on using the funds to basically have that third defender, which people are struggling with on wildcard eight? Fair, yeah. If I if we knew for sure, but we won't know for sure um, unless you know Conte comes out and says that he's starting Perisic, because um, there there is a very reliable um, predictor, um, and you know, no no fault of his own. It's getting really hard to predict right now, right? And Personally, I think Sessegnon starts this week. Um, that's just a personal gut feeling. But if there was news that Perisic starts, then yeah, for sure, um, I would consider consider him over Zuma. But Zuma just helps me sort of plan from here to game week 16 and, and a transfer not to worry about. It's not exciting at all. I don't love it. Um, but he's just he's just the replacement for Trippier when Trippier has tough fixtures, but Trippier can also play again in those tough fixtures because he is a set-piece monster. So I, it, the idea is just to go with, um, you know, the three three guys in the back that I like, Cancelo, Trippier, and um, uh, James. And then 
sort of my punt will be Sun, and and that's about it. And be, because that's already a transfer I have to deal with probably moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I think people need to calibrate what is, what are the transfers they want to commit. So, for example, there's a comment you could go for uh, Perisic and then switch to James. That would solve a starter issue as well. So that's also an option. Yep. Interesting one. But you then when will you switch? Because Perisic will start the North London derby, and I'm happy. I, if I own Perisic, I'd be happy to start him in that game or any game where I know he's start. He's almost like Holland Light. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're not captaining him, but any game where Perisic is starting, I think you should be happy to start him. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who the opponent is. So um, that's that. I think there's another interesting one. Okay. Foden. We didn't talk about Foden. He didn't. He didn't start on Wednesday. I think it's almost a guarantee because it's a short turnaround for City that Foden's going to start. Whether he's for or a punt or maybe a longer term, people are sort of going for De Bruyne as the City choice. Mm-hmm. Like you could look at Isak and KDB. Instead, you could look at Foden and Kane. I think that's a very good strategy as well. I mean, other than the fact that you're booking yep. two transfers if you're not leaving money in the bank for Salah, I think that's viable. Have you thought about that? Yeah, I, I think Foden is as as close to locked as a starter as we as it gets in terms of midfielders for for Pep. So. Um, you know, we've we've always talked about Foden Prost since last season about the potential in him, the potential in him. And, you know, when you have Foden and he's starting and you, you look at the team sheet, it's just such an exciting pick. So, um, yeah, it makes sense there. But I still think KDB is the much safer pick if you're going to go for someone in City. Um, and so it, it's not so much the two combinations. It's basically for me, you have to pick between KDB or Kane um, if you're going to go that route. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Question from Stoichkov, who's basically uh, a a big scout contributor, and I've seen him on Hall of Fames as well. So on wildcard, nice. would you get Zaha now, play Bailey, or get Madison and swap out Zaha in game week ten? Yeah, yeah. I'm on number two right now. Um, but obviously, a Hall of Fame manager knows best. So <laughs> well, he's asking the question, so he's obviously <laughs> debating. Um, yeah. Look, I I would go option one personally uh, because. Zaha is viable. I mean, you you may not want to take out Madison, right? Madison plays Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth, and then he has good fixtures throughout. So mm-hmm. maybe he disappoints in them and you want an exit route to Zaha. But I would think Zaha is is playable against Chelsea. I mean, it's he's he's done well against good teams throughout. He's on penalties. So I would just bench Zaha if that was an option. Yeah, fair. I, I, I'm pretty bullish on... on... I think we're going to get away with something with Madison and Barnes. Um, you know, most likely Madison, but um, I think I think they're going to. They've been they've had some attacking potential, um, or at least Barnes. They've been rubbish this year, man. They've been rubbish. They've been rubbish, 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 rubbish but all right, fine. But from the extended highlights I've watched uh, in the past few games, maybe there's something to to hope for in the in the good fixture run uh, moving forward. Yeah, look, let's be clear. Madison and Bowen are two leaps of faith. No underlying data, uh, but for Bowen potentially penalties for Zaha. Uh, sorry for Madison. Just the fact that he's an attacking guy, you want to also sort of add a narrative, right? Both Bowen and Madison will be competing for that England spot uh, for the World Cup, so you yeah. know they'll be hungry. They'll want to sort of be visible. Madison always talks about it, by the way. He always talks about him wanting to be more involved and. You know, the the World Cup is coming. So these things will become more and more a narrative as we get closer to the World Cup. So I they're decent punts for the fixtures and fixtures bring form. So I think you could you could look at that. Yeah, they're all fixture play. Um, you know, there's there's no you know, they've had tough fixtures and they've there's no stats to back up uh these picks uh, as you mentioned, Pross. Yeah. Yeah, all right. One one more question uh from Krish. If you're well, firstly, Chris, if your rank doesn't matter, you should take the decisions regardless of your rank. So his question is, would you take a punt on Perisic? Actually, we we talked about that one already. Um, I, I guess Kulisevsky. Tell mm. me your thinking on Kulisevsky. So Philip is asking, will, will Kulisevsky start? And for people like me who are looking for a one-week punt, should we do that? Yeah, I think I think he's going to start. Um you know, I would almost say like 80-90% likelihood that he starts. He's done nothing wrong to be dropped. Um, but it just goes to show Conte's style, right? Even with Sun probably playing worse than both Kulisevsky and Richarlison recently, um, he understands that he needs to get Sun's output in order for, for Spurs to level up. And, um, you know, as good as Sessegnon and Sun are together, um, they're going to need their best players in Paris Sun. 
um, Kane, Kulichevsky, and Richarlison all to be firing. But I think it's time uh, Kulichevsky starts. With that being said, in the sporting game, none of the attackers played well, um, and none of the wingbacks played well, even Perisic. So um, we don't know. I mean, I mean, there was no reason for Kulichevsky to be, to be dropped, but um, we might see Kulichevsky and Richarlison both play, but I, I highly doubt that. So it's one or the other, and I, I, I'm going to give it to Kulichevsky over Richarlison personally. All right, fair enough. Let's now do our last fun segment, which is a free hit draft, because we had like three or four people ask for it. And I'm going to first heavily (laughs) caveat that please, whoever's listening here, do not play a free hit. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, You'll have other opportunities. And I think, again, I've talked about it in other streams, so I won't repeat myself, but there will be at least two other windows that will come up after the, the World Cup. In fact, had FPL given us an extra free hit, I would have still argued not to play a free hit and just save it for later. Unless your team is completely decimated and you have three starters. Even in that case, I would say take a minus 12. Because if you look at my free hit draft, I'm going to read it out for the listeners. I've got Pope in goal. I've got Perisic, Trippier, Cancelo and Dean. Again, for people who have, you know, I need to give a trauma warning for the Dean owners. But look, Southampton at home for an attacking wing back. I'm going to go for that or a, or a full back. Uh, then I've got Foden, Martinelli and Son. And I've got Mitrovic, Haaland and Kane. So the reasons for going... Kane um, and Son and Perisic is just the fixture. I'm, I'm sort of on free hit. You're taking the punt that these guys will start and these guys will be in the points. The reason for not going De Bruyne is because I think Foden is as good an option, uh, slightly worse. But for, if you look at the price, you're trying to jam three city. I think Cancelo, Foden and Haaland is the three city. You've got one uh, attacker from Arsenal who've got a good fixture against Brentford. You've got a double up defense against Bournemouth. I could have gone for Isak, but I don't have four forward slots. Now, my first thinking is, a lot of wildcard teams look like this anyway. Yep. Apart from maybe Dean or, you know, maybe they don't have Kane and Son, but they have De Bruyne. So why would you sort of free hit and not wildcard when you have to play a wildcard before game week 16, but your free hit lasts for the whole season? Don't do it, if you, especially if you have a wildcard. And the other thing I would say is if you're, Sort of, if you only have six starters and you've already played your wildcard, take a minus eight and get closer to the game week eight wildcard team as much as you can. If you can cover the big guys and the big hitters from now until game week 12 are going to be off the top of my head Haaland, Mitrovic, Trippier, or a Newcastle defender. Uh, it's going to be any premium that you have. It could be De Bruyne, it could be Kane, it could be Salah, it would be James. Cancelo or a, a, a City uh, defender, but that's it, right? So yep, if you yep. if you have that, everything else is sort of supplementary. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. I think there's going to be... Pl- Essentially, you want to be playing a, a free hit on in a blank game week because, again, you're playing um, you know, players versus non-players versus this week. Even the wild card, there's so many... There's a core template, but there's also many options where we don't really know who's going to bang and who's going to do well. It's it, it, it's it's a toss-up in some ways for one game week. And I think it's going to end up being a waste unless you get super lucky and all your all your picks go right and, and differentials go right. And and later, the value in, in the free hit is just going to be greater um, moving forward. So I totally agree with you. If you don't have a wild card... I mean, card, it can even be in a double mm-hmm. game week. I mean, free hit is powerful any week. But, uh, yep. you know, like we could have a 20-team game week where every team doubles. Yep. Uh, it's yep. possible this season. So anyway, enough about free hit because not many people are going to free hit. But it's good to look at the free hit even for wildcarders to see how much do I need to get close to an ideal team because this is your week to have the advantage. Because mm-hmm. now next week, game week nine, wildcarders will come in or, you know, basically, like you said, you, you've only got a short window to have a wildcard advantage. It's even thinner this year mm-hmm. because everyone's captaining Holland. It's not like you're switching away from that and things like that. So anyway, let's go to bus team. Or bus team, actually, only because it's only me. Yep, yep. You so, want to read it out real quick? Yeah, and it's really ugly. So, um, <laughs> again, I talked about it, but I think for bus team, I'll I'll repeat it here. So, I've got Ramsdale in goal. I've got Nico Williams, Trippier, Cancelo, and Trent. I've got Andreas Pereira, Salah, and Martinelli. And I've got Plange, Holland captain, and Jesus. And the thinking is that I'm going to take a hit. So, I have two free transfers. So, I will take a hit. I will... I have three options. Option number one is the the very, very high upside Spurs option where I can go Salah to Sun, Plange to Kane. Sorry, Salah to Kulusevsky, Plange to Kane, 
and Trent to Perisic. So basically getting the three Spurs guys if you want to really attack that. But there's a lot of rotation risk associated with that. So I could potentially just go Plange to Mitrovic, Salah to Bot- uh, Salah to De Bruyne and Walker to Botman because I'd need to free up the city slot. Or I could even go Trent to Perisic and go De Bruyne and, uh, and Mitrovic. So with that, I feel like I'm covering the bases against a wildcard eight team. And this was the reason why I didn't want to wildcard this week. Even though I'm t- I'm giving up four points to the field, I feel like I will have either some Spurs coverage, which they don't have, or I'll have double Newcastle defense, which they have, Cancelo they have. A lot of them are starting Nico Williams and Andreas Pereira, so it's fine to start them as well. Martinelli, everybody has. Everybody has Haaland, Mitrovic. I'm ha- I have Jesus over other people's Isaac. So I feel comfortable with this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, perfectly fair. I mean, I mean, the the reason I wildcarded, uh, unlike you, Pross, is is I was lacking probably two or three players from from where you are. So, um, you know, even you, it's it's uh, you could have made the decision to wildcard, but I I think it makes sense to give the international break uh, and and see what changes and the news comes out, and then um, you'll be in a great position uh, moving forward from game week nine. Yeah. Like I said, I think the advantage is pretty much lost. I I feel like like mm-hmm. if if. If Sun had scored a brace uh, during <laughs> Europe and you'd know that Sun is starting, then, you know, I can confidently go for a Sun, whereas other people would hesitate because Sun may not be a long-term pick. Or if if Chilwell would have played 90 minutes or 70 minutes and then you'd go, okay, I'm going to go James and Chilwell, which nobody can. Those advantages are not there anymore. So yeah. I feel like I will have just the advantage of one more game week's information, which is important. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if, if Bowen scores a brace, I know I should go at Bowen instead of Madison. You know, things like that. If Leicester look really bad, then I won't go for Madison where some people would have picked Madison now. So there is value to information always. There is value to knowing who's had a niggle during the international break and things like that. I'll get another press conference from Potter just before it. So one game week information is always key. Whether it's worth four points that I'm using now, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's just under an hour, right? Not bad. Yep, yep, 15 minutes. Um, yeah, I, um, I don't know if I should say this, Pross, but uh, uh, t- I kind of froze up today for some reason. And, um, you know, guys, I had uh, spent a lot of time um, on prepping for this and had a pretty long sun section as well. And uh, kind of, I don't know why, but I, I couldn't... Um, get through it so i apologize if uh if i was a little little struggling today um yeah you will thread yeah. the sun thread and he mm. will start and he'll score a brace and i will <laughs> get him and you will switch to de bruyne so it's all good yep yeah um okay enjoy enjoy the game week good luck everybody um we'll be back after the international break and um it was fun chatting with you pros yeah all right thank you everyone